0: Hello, welcome. I'm Jeffrey, minister and chaplain with JHE Ministries. Glad to have you with us. I'm speaking on the subject of angels, and this message is the second part to that message entitled Angels. One of the Bible's greatest promises is that when we know Jesus, God sends his angels to surround us and protect us. In fact, the Bible assures us that for the believer, nothing happens outside God's control. And yes, if we know Christ, his angels continually watch over us. The Bible says that God will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And although angels are largely unseen, they watch over us and they work for our good. It's comforting to know that when we die, we will be escorted to heaven by angels at our death. And so it was that the beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom, the Bible says. And rather than only one angel, God surrounds us with a host of angels to protect us and go before us. Even when this time comes, Satan can never snatch us away from the protection, and we have the peace in knowing that someday they will escort us safely to heaven. The reality of God's angels should give us great confidence in all of the Bible's promises. The scripture says there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. And when your time comes and you have to pass from this world to the next, an angel will be there to comfort you. He will give you peace and joy, even at that most critical hour and usher you into the presence of God. And then you will dwell with the Lord forever. If you have given your life to Christ, and believe in his promises, then you can have this assurance. And I thank God for the ministry of his blessed angels. You can put your confidence in Jesus because Jesus died for you. And in that last moment, the greatest crisis of all, he will have his angels gather you in their arms to carry you gloriously and wonderfully into heaven. There are hundreds of counts that record the heavenly escort of angels at death, and angels are interested in the plan of redemption. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. That's what we find in 1 Peter chapter 1. And although they are not the objects of salvation, angels are interested in the salvation of human beings. They also were particularly active in the events surrounding the birth and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The frequency with which angels participate in human affairs has diminished since Pentecost, probably because of the larger role played by the Holy Spirit in the lives of Christians since then. And angels rejoice when sinners repent. They are anxious for you to repent and to turn to Christ for salvation before it's too late. They know the terrible dangers of hell that lie ahead. They want you to turn toward heaven. But they know that this is a decision that you and you alone will have to make. Now, it is clear in scripture that angels will be God's emissaries to carry out his judgment against those who deliberately reject Jesus Christ and the salvation that God offers through Christ. Angels were were created by God and were present to rejoice when he created the world. In their original state, they are holy, but before the creation of the world, some of them rebelled against God and they lost this exalted position. Some of these angels sinned against God. The leading angel in this revolt became the devil, who's also known as Satan. He has many other names. Another of the fallen angels is named Abaddon, or Apollyon, the angel of the bottomless pit. And we are told this in the book of Revelation chapter nine. And when it comes to fallen angels, the Bible does teach that Satan is a real being who is at work in the world together with his cohorts, the demons. Evil is real, and none of us are free from its devastation. Even those demonic angels that join Satan in rebelling against God will never die, but will be cast into the eternal fire that's prepared for the devil and his angels. The book of Matthew tells us of their fate in the rebellion against God. In the New Testament, they intensified their activities and bent every effort to defeat the work of Jesus Christ, God's son. The apparent increase in satanic activity against people on this planet today may indicate that the second coming of Jesus Christ is close at hand. Because all the powers of the evil world system seem to be preying on the minds of people who are already disturbed and frustrated in our generation, I believe the time has come more than ever to focus on the positives of the Christian faith. The Bible testifies that God has provided assistance for us in our spiritual conflicts. We're not alone in this world. The Bible teaches us, that God's Holy Spirit has been given to empower us and to guide us. And in addition, the Bible also teaches that God has countless angels at his command. And furthermore, God has commissioned these angels to aid his children in their struggles against Satan. God sends angels to restrain the evil wickedness. And the Bible mentions some angels by name. Two of them that are mentioned are the archangels Michael and Gabriel. Michael, who's an archangel, or at least an angel of very high rank, served as prince or guardian over the destinies of the nation of Israel. He had the special task of caring for Israel. And according to the epistle of Jude, Michael disputed with Satan Over the body of Moses and in Revelation we are told that Michael commands the forces of God against the forces of the dragon in a war in heaven when the devil rebelled against God at the beginning of time. And we have mention of Gabriel whose name means God is great or strong man of God. Gabriel is an archangel who acts as the messenger of God. He appeared twice to Daniel and even interpreted to Daniel the meaning of the vision of the ram and the goat. The Bible mentions four times the appearance of Gabriel and each time bringing to human beings a message from the Lord. He appeared to Zacharias. He appeared to the Virgin Mary when he announced to her the birth of Jesus. And he also announced the birth of John the Baptist. All appearances of Gabriel recorded in the Bible are connected with the promise about the coming of the Messiah. And there's even one passage that may link Gabriel with Christ's return. In Christian tradition, Gabriel is sometimes identified as the archangel whose voice is heard at the second coming of Christ. And although Gabriel is not mentioned by name in this passage in the fourth chapter of First Thessalonians, he is sometimes depicted as the trumpeter of the Last Judgment. And angels are known for their reverence for God and their obedience to his will. Angels represent God in making significant announcements of the good news. On his behalf, they also warn of coming dangers. In some cases, they are God's agents in the destruction and the judgment of evil. Now, it's important to remember, though, that angels are not to be worshipped. For their powers come straight from God, and He commands them at His will. God has given His angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up. This is the miracle work of the Lord. So we're not to worship angels. We only worship God. For in the book of Colossians, it says, let no one cheat you of your reward taken delight in false humility and the worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And the Bible also says, Now I, John, saw and heard these things, that when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And the angel said to me, See that you do not do that. For I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. While the angels are real, we should thank God for them. We aren't to become preoccupied with them or to worship them. Only God is worthy of our worship and only Christ saves us. Trust Christ alone as your savior. For salvation is found in no one else but him. For there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. It's good to be interested in God's angels, but don't make them your main concern. Instead, ask Jesus to come into your life and become his follower. And then you can be confident that he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Angels will accompany Christ at his second coming. Angels predicted Jesus would personally, bodily, and visibly come again to earth. In his second advent, Christ will descend from heaven with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. Angels will accompany him as the executors of his decrees. Jesus, with great power and glory, sent and sending his angels to gather his elect. Angels will assist in vindicating believers in the very presence of their enemies. Angels will worship Christ at his return. Believers will join the angel in the praise of God in heaven. And angels, like humans, have their own free will to choose. While all men are sinners by nature, by choice, by practice, It is their deliberate rejection of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord that causes the judgment of eternal separation from God. Don't be separated from God. Choose God. The one and the only way you can be converted is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. And you don't have to straighten out your life first. You don't have to try to give up some habit that's keeping you from God. You've tried all that and failed many times. You come just as you are. The blind man came just as he was. The leper came just as he was. The thief on the cross that was crucified next to Jesus, he came just as he was. And you can come to Christ right now, wherever you are, just as you are. And the angels of heaven will rejoice. Amen. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And keep living Christian strong.